Yes, you've arrived at the Legend Podcast at DaxMyHand.com. How did I become a legendary sports figure? How does anyone become legendary? It starts with a coach. Join us as we have conversations with coaches of all ages, experience, and expertise, and find out what does it take to lead athletes to legendary stats. Goal by my hand, a three-point goal for Dax my hand. I just got chill bump. All right, Shane Cosby, uh, got a guy who... Um, may rival my legend here today uh and you know what i'll even go so far as to say he may exceed my legend uh we got randy white here a longtime friend longtime uh, tillman football and track coach you know let me let me get his bio here shane do we have 15 20 minutes to go through this <laughs> yes yeah just the championships well, we'll kind of go through his bio first of all randy it's great to see you man well thanks for having me yeah. thanks for having me Let's go through this. You know, uh, Randy, uh, you were the head football coach at Tillman from 2008 to 2013. 2009, y'all won the state football championship. You were the head men's track coach at Paducah Tillman. And get this, Shane. Won, he's a 10-time Kentucky track state champion as a coach, and they just won it in 2015. Correct. Uh, and then, now get this, as an athlete, he won 15 state championships. Let me say that one more time. 15 (laughs) state championships as a track athlete. And Randy, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't even run your senior year. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I played baseball. Played baseball. So 15 times without even running his senior year. That's pretty decent, wouldn't you say? (laughs) (laughs) So so moving forward, here's one that really caught my eye, and I I remember when this happened. Uh, He was inducted into the KHSAA Hall of Fame in 2012. A huge honor that we'll go through. You're in the uh, KTCCA Hall of Fame, and I assume that's the track cross country Hall yes, of Fame. That's correct. Yes, and uh, also the Paducah Tillman Hall of Fame. What a resume! You know, is this a guy that we would like to talk to, Shane? I think there's no doubt. So, so you know, Randy, we've we've hit your accomplishments, but there's there's one thing we've got to hit you with first. We do on most of our podcast. Randy, when did you first meet the legend? <laughs> well, back. Uh during little league years, you know, uh, I could never beat the legend. That's why you're the legend, you know. I, uh, I can remember us playing baseball you know, against each other, and of course, you guys were loaded. You know, you had George Bach, uh, Michael Benton, uh, of course, yourself, and you know, uh, Paul McKnight. Paul McKnight, right? Yeah. You know, and all we had was me and Keithy Jones. Jermaine Hunter. Uh, Jermaine Hunter, yeah. yeah Jermaine so, Hunter, that's right. You know, you guys were loaded. We could never beat you guys. So, you know, we just, uh, it was a two man show between, you know, with Keithy and I versus yeah. you all. I'll talk about some of my first memories of you. I remember this skinny kid that could throw hard, Shane. I mean, I'm talking about had a laser fastball. And and we did have a really loaded team. You guys, y'all had you and Keithy. Right. Uh, I remember one game we lost to you. My mother let me go swimming that day. Right. I wasn't on my typical game, and we were in, uh, I believe we were in Bantam League. Mm-hmm. And Keithy hit a grand slam and a three-run homer off of me, and we got beat like seven to five. Right. And you guys, I believe y'all's team names, y'all were Fairhurst Realty. Right. 
Wonder Market, right. and uh, Wilson Chevrolet. Is that's, that right? Exactly right. How that's about a, that for a memory, huh, Shane? But uh, but you know we had we had a lot of great games and and rivalries with each other. And uh, you know my son, he, he did your conditioning program, mm-hmm. and and he was really in awe of you. And I had to let him know that you know I used to beat uh, Randy in baseball <laughs> quite a bit. You know I had to I had to keep pops you know kind of up on the, right. on the thing there. But you know uh, later, Randy, you and I played storm ball together. Right uh, for Coach Grief. Let's talk about those times. Well, you know, it was you know the best baseball players in the region. You know, we were the first you know traveling baseball team, and then you know you got you know the best baseball players in the region coming together, and uh, we were pretty solid, man. You know, um, yeah, like me, you, um, Tremaine Donald, of course, uh, played a little minor league baseball, right? You know, Keithy should have been on that team. Yes, he should you know, have. I agree. And some more guys that you know. I can't remember, but, you know, we had a really good squad and uh, a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, one thing I tell people, uh, you played some shortstop on that team, Mm -hmm. uh, but toward the end of the year, you ended up being our catcher quite a bit. And I I used to joke that I had the fastest catcher in America. I feel pretty sure, Randy, that you would outrun any other catcher in America. Are you yeah, buying that I, with I, me? I agree 110%. <laughs> so, yeah, I, even, I told my son, you know, I said, yeah, Randy, uh, he pitched. And, uh, you know, one one classic game I remember, uh, you remember the Memphis Tigers were mm-hmm. the, the, our big nemesis. Right. And uh, you beat them like one to nothing right. at uh, Storm Field in Paducah yeah. in our uh, tournament champions. I remember that, yeah. That was a, that was that. a big deal, it a really was. big deal. It was. Uh, so, yeah, I know we had a great time and, you know i think a lot of people who listen to this podcast will be shocked to know what a great baseball player you were and and i'm i'm being straight with you, you were yeah. a great baseball player i feel like had you continued playing baseball you would got drafted well sure. you know you know steve finley you know he used to come back and work out with our track team and uh, he had told me he said you know if you were stuck with baseball you'd probably been a millionaire because it just so you got this you know athleticism you know and you already got pretty good skill set so yeah. You know, he said they can develop you, you know, as you get older and learn the game better. But, you know, I mean, my love was football, you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, if I could do it all over again, you know, I probably would have done something differently. But uh, I have no regrets. We enjoyed our time together. And, you know, even though after – really after Stormball, I wasn't around you a whole lot mm-hmm. after that. Right. But, you know, we had a, a friendship where every time I see you, we right. speak. And it was just tickled to death to get you on the podcast. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Let's talk about your early early years, early development. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we talked about you played baseball. Uh, talk about your early athletic career and, and kind of how it got started and maybe some of your early influences, uh, coaches who who uh, you give credit to that, that really helped you. But just talk about uh, Randy White as a young athlete. Well, you know, I mean, you know, growing up, I was really fortunate to have uh, my first cousin who was an All-American track athlete at Paducah Tillman. And, what was uh, that name? Connor Mason. Connor Mason, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and, uh, you know, he lived right down the street. So I was really fortunate to have him so close to me, and he was like a big brother to me. And, uh, of course, he would always, you know, work on you know himself as an athlete. And he would always go out and do his jog, and he would take me with him. And, of course, we would, you know, get out in the park, and we would always race against each other. You know, I, of course, it would never be head-to-head. You know, he would give me a head start, you know, and so we would race to a telephone pole or something like that. And, of course, you know, and during our summer, you know, during the summertime, my early years, I mean, one of the things we were – we loved to do was get out in the street and street race, you know, we call it street racing, you know, until like midnight, you know, parents didn't mind, you know, as long as we was outside in front of the yard, you know, out in the street, 
you know, we would race from stop sign to stop sign and just back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, didn't really realize I was working on my speed back then, you know. So, um, but, you know, I was really, you know, I had a lot of great peers, you know, to be around growing up. You know, we were very competitive. We were summertime, we would go outside and we would play from dusk to dawn, you know. And if it was, you would get up and, of course, we'd play basketball all day or play, you know, uh, strike out or softball, pick up football, you know, all day and maybe go swimming later on that day and have a baseball game at night. You know, that's what we just did as kids. And uh, it was some, you know, those years were some great years. Of course, like I say, you know, growing up, you know, getting into middle school years, I really got into, you know, football. Of course, played little league football as well, like J.C. Leaf, uh, mm-hmm. Howard Moss. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I remember those guys and those were some good years. And when I got into the middle school years, you know, you start getting, start become more competitive. You know, I played um, football, of course, and played basketball. I wasn't a great basketball player. I was just fast enough and quick enough, to, you know, stop their best players. So I love playing the game of defense, you know. So growing up in Paducah, you know, I, I grew up in Reedland, of course, mm-hmm. kind of out in the country. But, you know, one thing I always thought about, and, and as I knew you guys, you know, you and Maney and uh, Jerry Hunter and the guys I was around, Michael Benton. Paducah was such a really a compact area. Mm-hmm. You, you know, even if you didn't have a car, you had a bicycle. You right. could get to wherever you wanted to do to right. do the things. The swimming pool was in right. Noble Park. Right. The ball fields were at Noble Park. Uh, there was all you know. You could get to Tillman to the fields there if you wanted right. to play. So, so talk about that as Paducah as as a key in your development. Well, you know, like like you said, we would get on our bicycles and ride across town to. You know, I can remember like Rolling Town versus SDA in a game of softball at, you know, mm-hmm. Noble Park, you know, and it'd be so competitive and, you know, it'd be fun. And, you know, I, I, like I said, we were very competitive. You know, it was, it was neighborhood versus neighborhood in certain sports, you know, and mm-hmm. we were very competitive. It was, you know, good competition. I think we were just helping each other get better, you know, and, you know, Randy, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. But I played on a uh, city champion Elmwood Court team one time. Is that right? Are you aware of that? Yeah, I know I wasn't. That's the first. <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you, I was uh, I was in high school. Uh-huh. Maney uh, mm-hmm. was getting a team together, and right. it was for like the uh, I guess the the neighborhood championships. Right. <laughs> and so on our team, I'm gonna throw some names at you yeah. here. Uh, Maney was on that team. Keith Jones mm-hmm. was on that team. We had Dietrich Wells, mm-hmm. Emerson Wells, right. and you had me as the shooting guard, right? <laughs> so uh, we get ready to play the first game. I got protested. They said, he don't live anywhere near Elmwood <laughs> Court. And uh, so Miss uh, Miss Godwin, uh, yeah, is that her yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. Miss Jan Godwin was running the show, and she said, you don't have to live at Elmwood Court <laughs> to participate. So, yeah, I won a city championship Uh-oh, with those that? guys. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> but you see where I'm coming yeah, from, though. You know, it was great. Very yeah. fun. And we were just, you know, it's very competitive, man. And it's uh, I think it made us better. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree. I mean, and you know that era, that era of of the athletes that came from the Paducah era uh, mm-hmm. area in, during that era of time, uh, just unbelievable. Talk about talk about some of the folks I mentioned a few yeah. right then, but talk about some of the guys that you played football with, that you played track with, some of the the just athletes that went on to do other yeah. things at college. Talk about some of those guys. Well, you know, I think you know, and that's the misconception of. of this era versus back in the day. So we had a lot of, I mean, for example, you know, we had like nine guys, you know, go to the University of Louisville my senior year. Uh, that's unheard of now. And we can even go back to, let's say my freshman year, you take my freshman class and the senior class. I can guarantee you we had 
over 30 plus division one athletes on one team. And a lot of people are still caught up in that era in Mm -hmm. Paducah. And I mean, I got a rude awakening for them. That era is gone and it'll never be back. I mean, that talent is nowhere close to the talent we had back in the day. There's no comparison. Because, you know, truly, you could look at cities the size of Louisville mm-hmm. uh, that weren't producing that many Division One athletes right. as we're coming out of Paducah. You out know, of Paducah, Kurt exactly. Barber, uh, yeah. we just spoke about him before the podcast. Uh, talk about some of the other – who were some of the other guys in that? In that? Oh, you gosh. We, you're going to probably leave some out. Oh, of but, course. You know but, I mean? Uh, throw some more names at us. I mean, you got Kurt Barber, of course, Billy Swanson, you know, played at University of Kentucky, um, you know, got um, – Joe Field, you mm-hmm. know, um, you look at even Tony Whiteside, um, Robert Tyler, uh, James Johnson, um, uh, Jay Dorch, um, you know, we can go on and on and on. Emerson Wells, I know I'm yeah. le- leaving a lot of people oh, out. Yeah. Billy Jack Haskins, I mean. Uh, Dietrich, Dietrich, Dietrich Wells. Wells, of course, in Missouri. Yeah. Uh, Lito Mason, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, Louis Ridgway. I mean, I can just name, you know, countless athletes, you know, that. Yeah. On, you know, Neil Clark, I mean, you know, just some guys, D. Smith, D. Smith you, you know yeah. what I mean? You know, you talk about a guy that, you know, probably one of the best football players ever played at Duke Tillman High School was yeah. D. Smith. You know, he was a. Uh, and, you know, he, he gets uh, he gets overlooked quite a bit. Um, do you know D.'s connection to his uncles? Are you aware of that? Uh, from my understanding, they were professional athletes, you know, and uh, very good athletes. Yeah. Uh, two, three sport, you know, all mm-hmm. state athletes, you know, and um Yeah, uh, played at Western Kentucky. Uh in fact D, I believe, is named after one of them was named Dwight. Mm-hmm, and right. D's real first name I think was Dwight. Dwight, yeah. Uh so he's named after his uncle, but they both played at Western Kentucky, uh basketball. Uh his uncle Greg played in the NBA for, you know, eight, ten years, played yeah. with the Milwaukee Bucks, started mm-hmm. on an NBA champion uh, and his uh, the cousin, the uncle that he was named for was killed in a car wreck. He had just got drafted yeah. by the L.A. Lakers. Mm-hmm. He was killed in a car wreck driving back to Western Kentucky. They were he and uh, he and a sister died, and then Greg was in the vehicle but got out. Oh wow! But yeah, I mean, so just just uh, and they're from Princeton, Kentucky. Played at mm-hmm. Princeton Dotson High School. Mm-hmm. So just a just a great athlete. Yeah, but yeah. That that era of Tillman was yeah. just unbelievable. And you know, I enjoyed going and watching you guys play football. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of those guys played multiple sports but but just a, just a great era when well, i ran let's talk about that you went out and you, you you guys played all the time what was it that interested you about sports what drew you to sport i just think you know our neighborhood i mean you know just you know growing up you know we were always just active of course i played a lot of different sports and you know i really didn't know what my niche was i knew i was just you know i could run fast you know yeah. and, <laughs> but Which uh, helps in most sports right yeah yeah you know so i had an advantage in that area but uh you know i just didn't really know what i wanted to do to probably middle school years you know fell in love with football you know um like i said you know ran middle school track you know while i was in the middle school I ran on the high school level so and then but you know was able to still play the game of baseball that i love too uh, and was you know pretty good at it you know what i mean so uh i just really didn't know what i wanted to do and uh like Get into my high school years, you know, like I said, I already established myself as an eighth grade when I was in eighth grade uh, on the track and field circuit, you know. So, but once I started getting, I wasn't getting uh, college letters, I mean, uh, from uh, in track and field, it was, I was getting letters in football, you know, like in eighth grade, ninth grade years, you know, started getting uh, letters from the University of Kentucky. So, 
my interest really started started to shift for, towards football. And then, you know, of course, having a, a legendary coach and Coach Brown giving me the opportunity to come over as an eighth grader, you know, and participate in track and, you know, be able to, you know, prove myself. Um, I'm very thankful for. And then, uh, like I said, my speed carried over into football, you know. So. Well, let me interrupt you there for a second. So talk about Coach Brown. Talk mm-hmm. about – uh, the things you know. Obviously, you were you know you were fifteen times state champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, your events, correct me if I'm wrong, hundred, two hundred, four hundred. Right. Okay. Yeah, right. Talk about um, Coach Brown's influence on you, and maybe you know some of the some of the insights uh, of things that you learned from Coach Brown as mm-hmm. a, as a that you later applied as a track coach. But talk about his influence on you. Oh, he had a big influence on me. Uh, you know, he was like a father figure to me, and to this day, he still is um, someone that I could always reach out to. You know, one thing is he gave me an opportunity at an early age. Um, I remember Coach uh, Bill Bond, he was a head middle school track coach, and he told, you know, Coach Brown that he had a young gal over to probably could make your team. And, of course, you know, Coach Brown said send him over there. And it was like um, they were having time trials. And, of course, I ran, ran from the middle school to the high school. We had time trials. And I actually jumped in the second heat, you know, because I ran the fast heat the with you know the big boys you know mm-hmm. so I pretty much ran with the freshman and time and I won it and I guess him and Coach Shillica looked at the time and said you know we don't believe he ran as fast so <laughs> <laughs> didn't believe so yeah. they um, they told a story to the whole team said they made a mistake we gotta rerun it you know so <laughs> and end up putting me in the fast heat I think I ended up coming second to Edward Watson at that time and then um, you know the rest is history yeah. and, you know, one thing like I said you know Coach Brown is a uh, um, old school coach and something that uh, I'm very thankful for, especially that I'm older now. You know, he didn't take any mess. You know, he, he he demanded a lot. He had high expectations for you, which you know carried over into my coaching career. And uh, and you know the things that he taught me at an early age is was some of the things I try to apply to these kids. You know, and it was and a lot of us life lessons. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's the big picture. And um, I'm very thankful for that. You know, because uh, that's the big picture for you to be able to survive out here in the real world. Uh, it's not about wins and losses, you know. If you get caught up in that, you know, you're in the wrong business. You know, it's about developing young men. And, uh, uh, he, you know, he's done a great job, not only with me, but even my teammates growing up. Uh, like I said, I was very thankful to have somebody like him. So so you said he, he didn't put up with, with me. So uh, would it be fair to say that as an athlete, kind of feared him a little bit? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> You know, here's the thing that, you know, my mom, I can remember this story, uh, my senior year, no, my junior year, it was prom night. You know, I didn't have a prom date, you know, mm-hmm. so I didn't go to prom. And um, Time out. I got, I got to pursue this. <laughs> you mean to tell me the star football player at Tillman, the state champion mm-hmm. track athlete, didn't have a prom date? No, I didn't have a prom date. How did this happen, Randy? Man, you know, I just, uh, you know, we had a track meet the next day. I mean, so... But I wasn't running. You know, I was injured. I can remember me being injured. And um, I stayed out all night. Oh. You know, so this is the beauty of, you know, Coach Brown, my coaches I had, you know, even Coach Cox. You know, my parents could call my coach and see this is the and this is what we're missing in this day and age. They can call my coach and say, Coach Brown, I need you to chew Randy out. I need you to talk to him a little bit. So I remember me coming home that morning. You know, right before the tra- get on the bus, you know, uh, to go to the track meet, and uh, she didn't say a word. I'm like, okay, I got away with something. So I go to Tillman and get on the bus. I get on the bus. I go to the very back. Well, you need you might need to snooze a little bit. <laughs> right. right? So then, you know, Coach Brown called me up to the front. Oh my gosh! And he you know he 
I sat, you know, I sat right next to him. You get inside, you know, he's on the outside of the seat and he put me in a headlock. <laughs> you know, and he told me, don't you ever disrespect your mother like that again. But, you know, not being responsible and um, letting her know where you were at, you know, because, you know, she's worried about me. You know, she knows something happened to me and nothing like that. And, you know, I was being very irresponsible. And that's something that I try to tell kids, you know, you know, if you want to develop your parents trust, you know, it's important that you be honest and upfront with them because, you know, they give you a little more leeway, you know, but. If you're lying to them and doing mischievous things, you know, you're not going to get that trust that you need. And a good parent is going to put their thumb on you. You know, you're going to be in the house, you know, at a certain time. You're going to certain things are going to be taken away from you, you know. So uh, it was a very valuable lesson, you know, that, you know, it's very important that, you, you know, communicate with your parents and stuff like that. So, you know, just that life lesson alone, yeah. you know, is something that. You know, I needed, and she reached out to my coach. She trusted my coach enough that, you know, he's going to handle this. Yeah. You know, it's probably going to come better from him as opposed to, you know, me. And it did. Yeah. You know. We, and, you know, I can see he uh, – I can see how scary he would be because, you know, he ran for my basketball game. Right. He scared me. Right. As a referee, <laughs> you know. So I, I can imagine what, what kind of effect he had on you. Right. Since the last time you stayed out all night while he was oh, there? From my recollection, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So, so let's move on to football. Uh, okay, Coach Cox, you know, a real pussycat, right? Right, yeah, uh, pretty much. Wasn't uh, <laughs> probably never hollered at you, no. uh, never, never demanded anything. Talk about Coach Cox. What a, I mean, you know, we're talking about a Hall of Fame legendary coach, mm-hmm. and I, I don't believe he's in the Hall of Fame. Did I read that? No, he's not. And, that, no. and that's something I think some folks are trying to work on. Correct? Right, right. Don't shout out to that, and kind of what your thoughts on on him needing to be in the KHSA. Well, you know, the thing is. Since uh, you know, what, 1904, 19, yeah, 1904, uh, you know, it's been only three coaches that ever won a state title, and he's one of them, you know, and also he's appeared in three state semifinals, you know, so he's definitely have got the numbers, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm in the KHSL Hall of Fame, and I know when the coaches go in, you make some comparison to the other coaches that you may know of that's not in there, uh, most definitely Coach Cox should be in you know, the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I, I was, you know, again, fortunate enough to have pretty much I would call a two-headed monster. You know, I go from one sport, track and field, to football. And Coach Cox and Coach Brown were just alike. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were this, I mean, the same philosophy in terms of discipline and, you know, and hard work and um you know, and having high expectations, you know, anything less than state title at Paducah Timlin is unacceptable, you know. And um, I can remember one time, true story, um, I think it was my junior year, you know, Kurt Johnson's senior year, Larry Nunn's senior year, and Manny Tremaine Donald's senior year. Well, this is after the state finals, you know, we lost to uh, Covington Catholic and uh, like double overtime. I can remember maybe a week or two after we go in Coach Cox's office, you know, we kind of a little timid walking in because he knew the question we was about to ask. We didn't know what type of response we was going to get. And uh, and this is where I you know, realized that, you know, anything less than a state, state title is unacceptable. And we was like, you know, hey, Coach Cox, can, uh, can we get, you know, run-up patches for for your letter jacket? Yeah. You know, we want a little, a little something to put on our jacket. Man, man leaped over that desk. <laughs> I mean, like he was trying to choke the life out of us, and we all about busted our neck trying to get out of his office. <laughs> And we just realized then, man, look, anything less than a state title is unacceptable. That's just bottom line, you know. And, um, again, you know, just there's so many, you know, Coach Cox stories out there, you know, that, you know, people don't realize. And, you know, again, he's just an old-school, hard-nosed type of coach. Um, you didn't like him on the field. You know, you hated him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But when you walked off that field, you know you had your back. You loved him like a father. You know, you're doing things for him. And, uh, 
you know, again, it's just the life lessons that that man taught us. It wasn't about the X's and O's. It wasn't about the, the wins and losses. It was about, you know, those life lessons that you start realizing when you're in the mid-20s to, you know, late 20s, you know, something that your coach has been telling you all along. And, um, and again, um, it just, like I said, I'm, I know for me, I was fortunate enough to go from one legendary coach to the next, you know, mm-hmm. for, for la- I mean, four years of my high school career where, yeah. you know, before you got in the real world, you know, you, you make sure that you, you know, you're ready, you know, and. Well, you know, one, one theme that I'm hearing as you're talking about Coach mm-hmm. Brown and Coach Cox is high expectations. Right, right. Um, talk about that, uh, the, the fact that, you know, a state championship is what they're looking for. Right. I mean, and, you know, and, and, and in both sports, right, really. Right. Uh, talk about, you know, talk about that as, as a key to having a championship team is expecting to be a championship right. team. Talk exactly. about that. Exactly. Well, you know, the thing is that, uh, here's my philosophy behind it, you know, and I learned this from real, you know, from Ty Scroggins at, uh, Louisville Central, you know, and that guy's won several championships there, and, you know, and to this day, you know, the fan base continue to drag him through the mud, you know, like get rid of him. He can't be St. X. So what, man? This man got championships. It ain't about the win. See, I mean, that's the difference between a winner and a loser. I mean, a winner and champion. Champions, the bottom line, the end of the day, it's about being a champion. You know, you can go 14 and one, and that one loss could be the championship. I mean, I mean, or, or you know, just say if you win like um, 13 and two, you know, the thing is that people want to know, did you win a championship? You know, they don't care how many wins you got. Did you win a championship? I know the school I come from, you know, yeah. you know, it's about winning championships. Yeah. Anything less than that is unacceptable, you know. So, um, you know, he he told me when I was struggling my first couple of years, he said, man, you can't get caught up in that. You know, it's all about getting in the playoffs and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. You know, and I started to develop that philosophy. The thing is, look, you can't get caught up in, you know, wins or losses. I think our goal is to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. all right? And then, you know, we go from there, yeah. you know, because, you know, if you win a championship, nobody's going to care about how many wins and losses you got. Yeah. Right. <laughs> bottom line. That's can, right. You know, bottom line, you know, you can win, uh, like I said, you can win 14 games, but did you win that last one? That's right. That's the bottom line. You know what I mean? So that's, uh, and that's just, you know, the level of expectations that I was able to, you know, inherit, you know, from my coaches. You know, it just, it just passed the baton on to me that when I came back, you know, like I said, I had to not get caught up in wins and losses. I had to get more caught up in being a champion, you know, because that was, at the end of the day, the bottom line. Randy, the year y'all won the state championship in football, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you are just talking about wins and losses and what matters is championship. Talk, y'all had a pretty tough year. You know? Yeah. And, in fact, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think y'all were had a losing record going into the playoffs, correct? We were 4-6. We and six. That's why, yeah, exactly. 4-6 and six, uh, going into the playoffs. Did you have a feeling during that regular season that you had the team that could win? Oh, definitely. I had the talent. Uh, the thing is, is that, again, when, <clears throat> when you're coaching at Paducah Tillman, <laughs> mm-hmm. you got to understand you got a thousands, hundreds of coaches out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's just no one head coach. I mean, it is what it is. And, and the coaches come from, you know, they can be from little kids to parents to grandparents to you know, random, you know, alumni, you know, whoever it may be, those are all coaches, you yeah. know, and those kids. Now, running, none of them are getting paid, right? Right, right. Okay, mind just you. Just making sure. Mind you. <laughs> <laughs> and you got your athletes who run across all these people. And you tell them one thing, and then the people they run across tell them another thing. My goal was to get those kids to buy into our philosophy, 
as a staff, you know, not my philosophy, our philosophy as a staff and get them to go, you know, get the mindset us against the world. That's the type of mentality I want them to buy into. I can say this much. I had some really good parents during that time, you know, that bought into it. Once I think they started to buy into it, you know, I think the kids started to buy into it. You know, we kind of, you know, I I think we played, a a matter of fact, I know we did play Holy Cross um, right before the playoffs and we had a week off. It was a big win for us. We started to see things change. We started, you know, they started to uh, understand our system. Like I said, I knew we had some great athletes. We had to get them in the right place. And, um, you know, once they started to buy in and we needed, you know, a a win that was going to build our confidence right before the playoffs and Holy Cross, like I said, came into town and we beat them. And then I think a light came on. Um, once they bought into it, you know, like I said, they used to have a, you know, a boatload of confidence going into the playoffs. And, you know, sometimes I know one thing I found, you know, as a basketball player in Marshall County is you had to know your role. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a while yeah. for kids to understand what their role is mm-hmm. and fully embrace it. Sometimes right. they don't ever embrace it. Right. Uh, but but talk, that, that could that be kind of what you were going through early in the season with right. some of the losses? Well, yeah, you, you know, knowing your role and also, you know, when you got, again, a parent telling a kid, well, you're better than that, you know, and this and the other. And, and understand, I understand, you know, feeding your kid positivity, don't get me wrong, but – you know, it's also being realistic. And I think that's where some parents get it confused. Your kid is not as good as you think he is. And getting kids to buy into their role when you got, again, someone else in their ear is hard. I can remember, you know, my last couple of years, uh, you know, kids getting looked at. You know, you get a little mail in the paper, don't mean anything, you know what I mean? And uh, until somebody offers you something, right, you know, right. and then it really means something. So, you know, call one of my assistant coaches, say, you know, my son needs to be playing this position. This is what he's getting looked at. No, how you know what your child been getting looked at? Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, so, you know, now you're going against the grain. How can you be successful when you got someone else in the kid's ear telling something different from you? Mm-hmm. That means no one's on the same page. Yeah. And see, and that's where, you know, you got to be able to have that because if you're not strong internally, externally, you're going to fail. I think it's important, you know, to know your role, you know, because, I mean, I wouldn't play college football as a receiver. Well, that, that's you what I was what I mean? fixing to ask you. At Tillman, I know at least your last year, maybe I know you played quarterback, right? Right, right. Did you was that pretty much where you played most of your career? Yeah, at yeah, Tillman? You know, quarterback. Okay. So you played quarterback, but yet Louisville and Kentucky wanted you as a wide receiver, receiver. right? Correct. So that worked out pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, when I was, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, but that was my role. My, you know, Coach Cox wouldn't play quarterback. You know, I wanted to play quarterback, fine, but I knew I wasn't going to go. You know, wasn't going to go anywhere and play quarterback other than Nebraska, mm-hmm. you know, Oklahoma, right. you know, Colorado, though, you know, those option type teams mm-hmm. which wanted me to come in and play quarterback. Well, I didn't want to play quarterback at the next level. I wanted to play receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, which which fits your skill set, right? Probably right. the best, right? Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I mean, that's a great point. And and you know, when you talk about roles in a, in a kid, I think uh, when you have a good, experienced coach who knows what he's doing. You're, the key is you want that kid to do what he can do, not what he can't do. Right. For example, you wouldn't have wanted me as your wide receiver. Right. Is that a good point. Yeah. yeah true. You know. So uh, you know, obviously, I did not have the speed skill set to play that. And so, and I, and I think that's a key point you make. You've been listening to part one of Dax's interview. To hear the rest of the interview, click on to part two at DaxMyHand.com. <laughs>